Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. I'm with Joey Christopoulos here with my co-host, Corey. We've got a fantastic show with a fantastic guest coming up in just a second but we got to first talk about our presenting sponsor and who else it's betonline.ag look the holiday season we all know it's off and rolling and the nfl is in full stride and oh yeah that's right the nba and nhl is also hitting mid-season form so that's why betonline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news odds trends and predictions betonline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports even with college football still coming around the pipe not a better time than right now to head on over to betonline.ag use your, use your mobile or your desktop right now and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit only when you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming to the show we're here to preview bears and lions another nfc north tangle another nfc north war we're going to get into it right now let's bring in my co-host first he's former bears defensive end he's northwestern standout himself chgo's very own box 32's very own and West End Golf Club's very own. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Oh, what's up, Joey? Another another great week. Uh, got the Lions this week, man. It's going to be a good matchup. Uh, good game last time. We're excited to break it down. We, we got a special guest on the show. Uh, a guy I played briefly with. I was on injured reserve in 2015, but Glover Quinn, man, on the show. What's right up, here. man? What's, what's up, up, my man? man? Not much. Hey, you said you, said you went to Northwestern? Yes, sir. You, you know my guy, Sherrick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 uh, and, and, and then the pros with him. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Man, that's my guy, man. Yeah, I played with Sherrick for three years when he was in Houston when he first got in the league, yep. and then he got traded to Chicago. I finished in Houston, I signed in Detroit, and then we used yep. to get to see each other twice a year. That's exactly. dope. No, Sherrick's a good dude, man. Probably one of the most explosive dudes I've, I've seen. Oh my god, crazy! Unbelievable. He was he was a, he was a fifth uh, fifth round draft pick after not yeah. running the forty or doing <laughs> any of the drills. And like I said, as a skill position, that's a big deal to run your forty. Yeah, still yeah. get drafted in the fifth round. Pretty it's big crazy, deal. crazy. That's well, the- well, Glover, man, we're so excited to have you here on Believe in Bears to preview Bears. Lions coming up this weekend. Bears coming off a of bye week. They're four and eight right now. Uh, and also, th- also just really quick, thank you so much for watching us here on Sports Talk Chicago on YouTube. Comment and question below. Um, and also listen to us here on the Believe Sports Network. Um, Glover, man, yeah, let's dive into it right now. I want to get your take on the Lions defensive side of the ball right now. Um, from the outside looking in for Bears fans, looks like the unit has been struggling or let's just say sliding a little bit over the last month or so. Um, now, you're a guy, if anyone's not familiar, uh, 2014 All-Pro second team seven interceptions pulled pro bowler yourself you know what are you seeing on that side of the ball for the lions right now and are you as concerned as some of the numbers revealed to be with this lions defense right now well i think uh the thing that concerns me is the lack of i don't want to say playmakers but playmakers really when you think about it um defensive line wise outside of aiden hutchinson they're not really not getting any pass rush at all they had to go out and sign a 36 year old bruce irving um to try to generate some pass rush right and yeah he got a sack last game so hopefully he can continue to bring that but um they just haven't really been able to get consistent pass rush on the quarterback and they that's that's allowed mobile quarterbacks to move around and when you can move around in the pocket that just puts more pressure on the secondary and guys in the secondary haven't hasn't really been making plays either outside of brian branch 
he's tackled well. He's played, made some really good plays. He had an interception last week on the first play of the game. But outside of that, they're really not making a lot of plays on the ball. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the quarterback can move around in the pocket. It hurt us early in the season with Seattle against Geno Smith. It hurt us against Lamar Jackson. Justin Fields hurt us the first time we played you guys. Jordan Love hurt him on Thanksgiving. So anytime they get that quarterback that can move around, not necessarily looking to run. I didn't feel like Justin Fields was really looking to run as much the first time, but just kind of just stand alive, just stand in the pocket and allowing his receivers to get open. And they've been struggling with that. So these last few games has not looked great defensively. And they, they really got to start to get that cleaned up. And I, I agree with you. I, I think the Russian cover works together. You know that uh, the more that the defensive line is able to generate pressure, the easier it is on the back end. So it all works together. And uh, what I see is like a guy like Hutchinson, really, he's really making his mark. He's winning on some of the second and third moves, the effort moves, but there's nobody really opposite him, right? There's nobody to really compliment him. And the biggest thing for me is there's really no pressure of, up, up the middle, right? The defensive tackle pressure is so underrated when it comes to your ends really winning, right? Because they're able to push the pocket. The quarterback's not able to stop, uh, step up at all. And, you know, they all work together. So everybody has to be in the rush lanes. The defensive tackles have to push the pocket and then the ends are able to come home. So they're really not working together as far as that goes. Yeah, definitely not. The, the rushing coverage is not married. And then, the, and then the linebackers, I mean, Alex Anzalone missed last game, but you know, he's kind of the only one that's really gotten any pressure. And that's anytime a linebacker is getting pressure, that means you're having the blitz. And we all know when you're blitzing, that means that you're taking a guy out of coverage. And so that just puts more pressure on the secondary, especially if they're not getting there. And so, you know, when you got a D line that can put pressure on the quarterback, I think I was doing another uh, Chicago uh, podcast this morning. We was talking about that, you know, in 2014, you know, we had the Lions had in Dominican Sue, Nick Farrelly, Ziggy Ansa, James Jones, Jason Jones. Like you could get pressure on the quarterback and not even have to worry about sending any kind of blitz, right? So whenever you can do that, your defense and your secondary is going to be a lot better. And right now they can't do that. And Joey, I think the Bears have had the same issue early on before Montez Sweat came in there. Like once once the trade happened, first game he was okay, but every game after that he seems to make a huge impact out there and it's really elevating everybody else's game. Um, so I think it, sometimes it just takes one player – one play to really get things going. And I think that's what, what Detroit's kind of missing. And it's kind of scratching my head sometimes because I see Aiden Hutchinson, who's arguably your best pass rusher, dropping into coverage at times. And I'm like, wait, wait, so check this. Your best pass rusher is, is dropping into coverage. And I understand he's a playmaker. He has interceptions. He can make plays. But that kind of has me scratching my head a little bit. You know, it, it, it'd be right. like you take your your best guy in the back end and hey, let, let, let's let's get him off the edge right now. This doesn't right. make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's when they get into those fire zones. And you know, fire zones. I I I I never liked those three deep fire zones when you're dropping the defensive ends. I, I I was more of a hey man, let people do what they do best. DBs, y'all cover. I didn't want to go on the blitz. That ain't what I wanted to do. I want the ball. Let me let me stay back here and try to catch the ball uh d lineman i don't need y'all dropping i don't need to look up and see you right next to me <laughs> in the hook like i need you to go get the quarterback exactly. you know what i'm saying because 
you send those fire zones and if they get there it's great right but if they don't get there now you got less guys in coverage and then the guys that you do have in coverage don't really cover exactly so it's just not good and these quarterbacks nowadays are smart they're, they're picking up the blitzes with the o-line they're, they're running the receivers are smart like they're they're gashing you if you're not just a great 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 uh fire zone team so whenever they do that they generally struggle defensively when they just let him go and rush the quarterback they generally play okay but i don't think he's had a sack in the last few games you know he's getting pressure he's yeah. he's working hard um but it's not equating to any uh any sacks and when you look at the last few games defensively they've struggled giving up a lot of points a lot of yards and then Aiden Hutchinson is not making sacks so you know we we need to get a couple sacks from him on on Sunday when I when I look when I look at the Lions this year like I I don't think of them as a scary team because of the defense right the defense doesn't scare me when I look at the best teams in the NFC right now I look at San Francisco. I look at Philly, right? They have arsenal pass rushers and waves, waves that can generate pressure, and it makes things so much easier on the back half. Slay, who 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 you play with, I play with, is is really reaping the benefits of playing with that great defense of mine in San Francisco as well. So that's why I'm not really that sold on Detroit right now because I think every team that has a dominant defensive line, they usually make the push in the playoffs. And I always said. I think you need to build uh, teams around the offensive defensive lines. I think that's really how you win championships. And I think Detroit has done a great job offensively, right? With with Decker and right. Sewell, they've done a great job of that. But now coming up in this offseason, really got to work on that that defensive line. It's something the Bears need to do as well, right? They got Montez Sweat, but now they need to end opposite him. They need a dominant three technique. And people really sleep on the three technique position because I think that's something you always get the one on one, right? You're always right. away from the slide. And and when I played for the Bears, a guy Henry Melton, I don't know if you remember him, yep. was unbelievable. His quickness was was a college running back his first couple of years. Right. Tommy Harris, they were able to put those guys on an island. They had that quickness, able able to get up inside and get pressure on the quarterback. So you know, I, I think that's just a recipe any team should try to emulate. Right, really get the defensive line, offensive line. Obviously, you have to build the positions around it, but I think that's how you win championships. I always said. The Giants, right? The Tom Brady killers. When you look at that, mm-hmm. right? 07. Justin Tuck should have been that MVP. He was right. absolutely balling. He was in Tom Brady's right. face all the time. Um, Michael Strahan and company, OCU Menorah, mm-hmm. all those guys. Yeah, um, all those guys, man. Exactly. Von Miller, right? When he when he single-handedly destroyed Cam Newton in them. And then you right. look at the Legion of Boom, Cliff Averill, right? Uh, yeah. my, uh Michael Bennett, all those guys right. were able to generate pressure on Peyton Manning. So I think that's really how you how you uh, win championships. I love what Detroit's doing, what what they've done, and they built offensively and, you know, certain positions. But I think the, the defensive line is going to be something that they really need to focus on this offseason. I, 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 think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, the statement that you made earlier about teams fearing Detroit, I think that's one of the things that scares me about them in the playoffs because I feel like the San Francisco 49ers, the, the Eagles, the – the teams, the bigger teams in the NFC, I think they feel like they it'll be bully ball defensively, you know, and I I think they feel like we can get enough stops on the Detroit Lions deep offense, but can they stop us defensively? And and that's from you know power football, play action, and just controlling the game, just just being a bully. I think that's how they look at the Detroit Lions defense. They know offensively they can score, 
But as you know, guys in the playoffs, these defenses, they feel like you're not scoring 35 on us. Well, you get 14. That you that's that's feasible. But our offense is good enough. They're going to get at least 21, 24 because y'all can't stop our offense. But defensively, we can slow you down. That's what you feel like, especially in the playoffs when it's like, hey, man, we got one game and we get to move on. Everybody's all in. Game plans are different. It's, it's a totally different ball game in the playoffs. And so you got to be able to control it, like you said, with the O-line and D-line. And so that does scare me with the with the Lions defensive line. When, when, I'm, look, when I'm looking We're at here. Detroit, right, I'm, I'm looking at something like obviously pressure is an issue, right? I'm looking at, at a coordinator that I think has done a great job uh, as far as generating pressure, Brian Flores, right? He's going to bring the house. Everybody knows that. And I think it's paid off for him. And, and that's why they've been able to be on a little bit of a win streak and, and really play well defensively. So if I'm looking at Detroit and I'm thinking, listen, you got to bring some of those linebackers on some blitzes, right? You got to bring some different different looks. You got some games up front. When you're not winning on the straight rushes, you got to bring the games because I think if they can start to generate pressure, with that front seven, right? Obviously, leave the back end the way it is, but generate some pressure in that front seven. I think it can make everything a lot easier for that back end. No question. No question. I 100% agree with that. 100%. Yeah, we're here uh, We're here with Glover Quinn here on Believe in Bears. Uh, just a couple more for you, Glover. Corey, I want you to kick this one off first. To move it over to the Chicago Bears side of things right now. Um, Corey, I want to get your take on this because the last time that we saw – uh, the Lions and the Bears face each other it turned into a really interesting game where, I mean, from my personal perspective, I thought the Chicago Bears actually played some of their best football quarter to quarter uh, that we've seen from them all season long until that second half of that fourth quarter. And to the Lions credit, that's what good teams do, right? They find out, figure out a way to put some points on the board and come back and win. So Corey, we've been talking a lot on believing bears about how this defense that Eber, under Ibu Fus's system has been ascending over the last couple of weeks. And looking at the remaining of our schedule, there aren't that many more heavy hitters on the Bears' schedule. So for my question for you, and Glover, I'd love to get your take on this as well. Is this one of the biggest matchups of the season for this Bears' defense? Is this an opportunity for them to either make a statement or or just talk a little bit about how big this is for that side of the football? I, I think it's huge because I think they had great success against Jared Goff in that offense through really most of four quarters, right? With the exception of those last two drives in the game. I mean, they should have had four picks on them. Jalen Johnson should have had the pick six. Uh, they were able to generate pressure. They were able to disguise the looks. They were playing lights out through pretty much almost four quarters. So I think this is a huge game for them. If they can have back-to-back -back strong performances and actually finish the game, which is something they did last uh, last set game they played against the Vikings, right? They were able to finish that game even though it wasn't pretty. But I think this defense is trending upward, so this will be a huge test for them. And I know Jared Goff and that offense is going to have a game plan for exactly what they did last time. Look at it and like, man, I missed the mark on some of these throws. I forced these in here. He's going to really try to rely on that running game with David Montgomery and Gibbs and Laporta and, and St. Brown and all those guys, they they have some talented guys up front. they got a great offensive line. So really be able to utilize that running game. And I think that's what they're going to try to do is establish that run, then work the play action, take the pressure off Jared Goff. Because I always said this, I love what Jared Goff has been able to do for Detroit. But when he was in, when he, we played for the Rams as well, he struggled when you put all the pressure on him, right? I think he's one of those quarterbacks that can't really have it all on him. Right, guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? That when all the pressure's on him, he still can throw for 400. I don't think Jared Goff is that guy. I think when you're able to run the system with him, you're able to get the running game going, work the play action. I think he feels very comfortable. 
So I think they're going to the drawing board, and that's going to be the recipe for how they're going to attack the Chicago Bears this week. I mean, I, I think they're going. That's exactly what they're going to have to do. I think you know, going Jared Goff doesn't particularly perform well in the cold either, and and I, I, I'm sure it's going to be chilly in Chicago. It's probably not freezing, but it's going to be chilly. And it's also is the last uh, outside game for the Lions on, on their schedule. And so you know how it is. If this is the only opportunity that you get and you're looking at a potential playoff team, you know, looking at that two or three seed, you're going to have to go to Philly or San Francisco in January. And, you know, Philly's is going to be cold. San Francisco gets cold. People don't people sleep on San Francisco. It it gets it gets chilly out there. No, it's probably not going to be twenty eight like Chicago, but <laughs> it'll no, be perpetually it, fifty, perpetually fifty and cloudy, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I I think they really want to go out this game and use this as a great I don't want to say dress rehearsal, but just a great chance to get some reps in the cold weather, in the outside conditions as they prepare for the playoffs. So I look for them to exactly what they say. I look for them to try to get the run game going because you got to have the run game going in the playoffs. If you if you can't run the ball, it just makes it too tough with the conditions and the cold. just makes it too tough to run. I mean, to just throw on these defenses the whole time anyway. So they're going to have to try to establish the run game with David Montgomery. He's an ex-Chicago Bear. So I think they want to try to let him do that anyway. Um, Jameer Gibbs is going to have to get some touches. And like he said, not put all the pressure on Jared Goff. Let him be a great complimentary player. And that's really okay. Get the run game going. Get everybody going. Now we can work to play action. We can stay ahead in the chains. We don't have a lot of third and long situations. We can get easy passes, get Sam Laporta involved, run behind that big O-line, and just try to control the game. I think that's how they're going to try to approach this as like, uh, a third preseason game for the playoffs, basically. They want to go out and say, hey, mm. let's go out and play well because if you go out and play bad and it's cold, that's going to linger in your head and you won't get another opportunity until you in the playoffs, and I don't think they want that. And I, I think they want to avoid being in a situation like Minnesota was last year, right? They had all the momentum until the last couple weeks of the season, right? And then they hit the playoffs kind of with that lull. Right. And then the Giants beat him in that first round. So I right. think Detroit's really trying to have a bounce back game from that last Chicago game and prove, hey, that was a fluke. Let's get back to our bread and butter and get things going. But on the other side of the ball, right, if you're playing a guy like Justin Fields, how would you approach that if you were the defensive coordinator of Detroit Lions? You know, that that's a tough one because, you know, I I go back and forth with it just because I'm a DB. Right. A lot, a lot of coaches, you know, when the situation isn't good, and I don't know what the elements are going to be. I, I heard it's supposed to be windy. Um, I don't know. But we obviously know Justin Fields can run, right? You want him to force him to throw the ball, and especially in conditions. And a lot of coordinators like, hey, well, we don't want to give him windows to throw the ball. So they want to play man coverage. And when you do that, I feel like that hurts you in the run game as far as him taking off running because all your defenders got their backs turned. And it gives them easier throws, in my opinion, meaning you're throwing go balls, but the DB's backs are turned because they're in man coverage, right? 
as opposed to saying, hey, we're going to play some zone coverage. So now we got all our eyes on Justin Fields. Let's make him figure out what coverage we're in. The 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 weather isn't great, so he's going to be reluctant to throw the ball anyway. And then if he do take off running, we got eyes where we can see him. And, you know, if he does try to make a pass, maybe it gets tipped, maybe it's an errant throw in the weather and the wind, and we can get turnover. So it would be interesting to see how they approach it. Me personally, I'm going to be more of a zone guy just so I can see the ball, but I'm a defensive back. I want to see the ball almost all the time, right? Exactly. So I I like being able to see the ball to make plays and to be able to stop him from breaking long runs because our backs are turned. I mean, I lost a game when I was in Houston. We lost the game to Tim Tebow when he was the quarterback in Denver because <laughs> we came out in the in the second half and we were playing quarters. We give up a deep pass, and the coach panics, and he, we start calling straight man-to-man. Yeah. And Tim Tebow just started running on us and hitting slants and little crossing routes, like throws that a high school quarterback can make, right? Yeah. But when you're playing man-to-man, the receiver wins. It's an easier throw. They're covered. You take off running because the backs are turned. And we end up losing. Awful, right? So – I would hope they would, you know, obviously you got to play some man at some point, but I would hope they would try to mix up the zones, make Justin Fields figure out the coverage, try to get some pass rush, and and hopefully he'll throw you a couple if you if you mix it up and disguise it well and he can't figure out exactly what you're doing. The wind, the weather makes you a little hesitant. It's cold. Your hands are cold. Um, and maybe you can, and, and can, you know, trick him into a couple of turnovers. So that would be how I would approach it. I don't know how. AG's going to approach it. I think he may try to go with some man-to-man and, and put some pressure on it. And as far as the, the zone reads, right, when I look at last game, Detroit really struggled with some of those zone reads, right? Justin Fields one-on-one at a defensive end. And, and, and hats off to Luke Getze, the, the Bears' offensive coordinator. He really designed those matchups because, listen, Justin Fields one-on-one at a defensive end or outside linebacker, right, that's, that's a tough job. So they were really trying to exploit that. So how would you combat that in, in this game, some of those zone read matchups? Well, I mean, when, you, when you're doing those zone reads, what we used to do, when a quarterback makes the fake, he's considered a runner, right? He has to physically give himself up once he hands the ball off. So early in the game, we would just go hit the quarterback. Just go hit the quarterback. He tried to resolve reads. College days. That's that. That's yeah. what we used to do in college all day. Yeah. All go day. hit the quarterback. They don't want the quarterback to get hit, right? If he hands it off to the running back, cool. Linebackers make the tackle, but you, you go hit the quarterback because once oh, yeah. they see that we're going to hit the quarterback, they're going to be reluctant to call a lot of those zone reads. Oh, they're yeah. going to pull it out every now and then, so you got to always be alert. But if you got your defensive end saying, "Hey, I'm not worried about the running back dive." I'm going to hit Justin Fields. If you do that, you'll make them think twice about it. Now, if you don't hit the quarterback and you and he feels like the quarter the, the defensive end is trying to play bold for this and this and that, they're gonna kill you. They're gonna eat you alive because okay. now he know they're not just coming to hit me and I'm gonna get him in no man's land and he can't he can't run with me and I'm gonna be around the edge into the secondary. 
Yep. As a former defensive end, you have you have to be decisive <laughs> on whatever you do because you can't run. You can't run with a guy like Justin Fields. I'm sorry. No. Even 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 Micah Parsons, right? He's, he's you ain't running with Justin Fields, no. right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you've had a couple plays and you're tired, you ain't running with a guy like this. So you got to be decisive on whatever. You, when you have the quarterback, you got to go up to the level, go up to him, make him hand it off, or vice versa. If you got the dive, you got to go straight to the dive. Everybody has a position, but I think it's people get in trouble when they try to play both. Can never play both. If you play both, mm-hmm. you're wrong. You're gonna be wrong yep. every time. We got one final question here for uh, Glover Quinn, former Pro Bowler, former Detroit Lion, and also a former brief teammate of Corey Wooten right here on Believe in Bears. Um, <laughs> let's just keep it simple. Let's get you out of here on this. Uh, do you got a final score prediction, Glover, for uh, Bears-Lions this weekend? What do you got? Well, I got to keep it consistent. I think I've said this, the same. Uh, I probably should have switched it up, right? I gave, Like I said, I did a podcast this morning with the Bears. Oh, he's backtracking. Oh, he's backtracking. No, 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> I probably should have switched it up and increased my odds, right? I got three different scores out there. One of them may be right, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to my same score, man. I, I think I think the Lions are gonna play better this time around against Chicago. I think last time they played, you know, they play that game every year right before Thanksgiving. But as being in that locker room, you're you're thinking you're looking at a team like Chicago. Yeah, it's a division game, but we're 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 supposed to beat chicago we got another game coming up on thanksgiving you got family coming in town that might be staying for the whole week it's a lot going on it's easy to overlook chicago and look forward to green bay or just looking forward to the whole week and so i'm gonna say that that was the case the first time they played and they jumped out on they jumped out on and surprised them they had to wake up and 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 go and win the game so that shows that they're a better team they're a good team so I think they come into this game focused, ready to go. And like I said, really want to make a statement and play well in the cold weather. So I'm not going to give them 30 points, but I'm going to give them 27. I think I think they'll score and get a couple field goals in there. And, you know, Chicago, I, I think they'll have this morning. I said 14. I think I think I said 27, 14. So I'm going to say 27, 14, 27, 17, somewhere up in there. OK. Ooh, we got ourselves. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking the opposite, man. <laughs> I just think I think uh, where, where where this defense is going, Chicago, right? They're trending upward. I think they're very confident right now in, in the way they're playing, right? I think Montez Sweat has them playing well. I think Ibra Flus is finally figuring out how to how to call these plays for this defense right here. Um, Justin Fields coming off a bad game as far as turnovers, right? Against Minnesota, they had a bye week, but coming off a bad game. I think he's really trying to prove his career in Chicago and prove that he's a valuable quarterback. So I'm, I'm going to say this upset alert, man. This upset oh, alert. Like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say 28-24 Chicago Bears. Ooh. Shocking. Shock the world, man. Um I think they match up well against Jared Goff and I think traditionally they play pretty well against them. And uh yeah. I think if they could pressure him, I think I think he he really makes some errant throws, he makes some bad decisions. But they really have to stop the run, Chicago. What's something they've been doing all year? So I think this plays into what they do well defensively. It's just going to be a matter if the offense can capitalize on on everything. I like it, Glover Quinn. Thank you so much for hopping on Believe in Bears, man. You could check out Believe in Lions every single week with Jack Cavanaugh, who's also a friend of the show too, as well, man. It was a great opportunity to meet you on my end for the first time. Great to get you and Corey back together, man. Thank you so much for joining Believe in Bears. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, no my problem. man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. No problem.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.